Dungeon Crawler Network presents Tales of Tamriel. afternoon ladies and gentlemen and this is episode 85 of tales of tamriel a dungeon crawler network production that is our fourth co-host the little milk drinker yes i hear him and thais is just going crazy with him yeah i am your host Agelos. he who is i don't know constantly getting milk for the baby milk drinker i guess that works one day gonna have a little mug for him so he can drink mead and also joining me is the man to my well if you're looking at the video right now which we're trying in something new here so for anyone who's listening to this in podcast land um definitely go ahead and check out um the youtube page and to my i guess this would be my oh i gotta do the left right thing here it would be to my hold up to the camera i don't know who knows Esteldian. how are you sir <laughs> Well, that's a long intro. Hello. I'm good, thanks. I'm just looking out. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And the person who... This will be easy. Right below me. Avi, how are you, sir? Hey, I'm doing good. It's a first time to have my face on a camera, but yeah, hello. Ooh. Ooh. Nice. Nice. It's so, so exciting. So, so exciting. So exciting. So exciting. All right. Hey, the little Nord's kind of quiet now. Good, good, good. All right, well, we've got an exciting show for you guys because there's a lot of news to talk about. We were not available to do a podcast last week, or I guess maybe I should say I was not. So we're here now. That's right. And there was tons to talk about. So let's go ahead and roll right into it. First up, the elephant in the room. We talked about it last episode in during Orktoberfest. Yeah, play on words. Orktoberfest. But now this is kind of like Orktoberfest 2.0 because we got tons of more information, including a release date. That will be November 2nd. Ooh. Early. It, yeah, like it's sooner than I expected in a good way. Um, Avi, thoughts? Yeah, well, I think that if they released it any later, then they'd have to release their next DLC sooner. You know, so I think that's something they they probably thought about. So I think November is a good time. So they got December to plan out the next one and then they could release that in February. Right. They did have the next. What did they say? The next uh, two DLC planned after Orsinium, which is Thieves Guild and Dark Brotherhood coming in Q1 and Q2 of 2016, uh, respectively. Um, So those are exciting. Um, But uh this is I know they've been working on Arsinium for a while. So after after we see Dark Brotherhood and and Thieves Guild, that'll probably give us an idea of what their next DLCs will be like um, in terms of size. Every quarter they said they're releasing a new DLC and 
Um, I think we'll start seeing some more relative size when we start getting to those as we get further out because we know Orsinium has been planned for a while, uh, and same with Imperial City. And it's uh, big, just like the Imperial City, so it makes me excited to see how big the Dark Brotherhood and the Thieves Guild might be. Nice. Or, if they, or if they might be even small, they might be smaller, who knows? I'm imagining they're going to be smaller. Yeah. But it, it's still interesting to see. Uh, Esteldian. Uh, yeah, I was quite surprised that November was their, or early November was their uh, date. But as you said, they have been working on it a long time, so they must have had most of it finished. So they said quarterly is an estimate. So I guess sometimes it might be a bit sooner, sometimes a bit later. Uh, they're not really hard and fast with the, the three-month sort of plan. So this one's coming our, our benefit. I'm sure one down the line will end up being four months, and we can all complain about how it's outrageous they've been delayed by four weeks, but that's the way, <laughs> that's the way of development. <laughs> right, right, definitely. Definitely. Um, I know they released a trailer. The trailer looked pretty neat. Did you guys get to see the trailer? Yeah, it's pretty cool. Female giants. I know we've seen those since uh, QuakeCon, but the female giant was in there. They portrayed that, and they spent a lot of time highlighting their next big thing, which was um, the Mouse from Arena. Now, before we get into that, remember, I think it was two weeks ago we were talking uh, about how it would be awesome if they went back and, and updated some of the rewards. Well, I actually sent a tweet out to um, uh, the ESO Twitter and I actually got a response. It was very nice of them to, to respond. Um, and they are not actually going back uh, in DSA to like up the rewards to VR16, which is disappointing. But hopefully in the future or when they remove veteran ranks, maybe then... Uh, those master weapons won't be obsolete because I thought it would be kind of neat how if you've already seen some of the data mined weapons that are out, they they're affecting the second um, the second item or the second skill in weapon lines. So if like for the great sword, it's uh, critical rush. It affects that now. It'd be kind of neat if if they were all the same veteran rank or the same power level. That way you could customize your build, you know, like if, oh, I'm a. I don't know if I like I don't even use critical rush on my builds just because I, I just don't it doesn't do enough damage on PVE player. It's I mean, it's a nice gap closer, but for me, it's just easy to switch to my ranged weapon until I close the distance. Um, no real need to actually go and, and, and use a, a, um, a gap closer. But unfortunately, the master weapons are going to go the way of the dodo and not get updated, but it's still nice to get an answer. Yeah, it was good. Um, I am actually, it's probably the most thing I'm most disappointed about, to be honest. Not that I want to start on a negative, but I was really, I'm really gutted that they didn't push those up to V16. As you say, you'd have had top end weapons for the first skill, top end weapons for the second. More importantly, you'd have actually had a, uh, you'd have a reason for groups again to do something tight. Because that long DSA last, people were using that for months, farming it for their leaderboards. Mm-hmm. Well, this new arena's coming out and it's awesome. Solo arena. You know, people are going to be spending a lot of time in there doing their leaderboard chasing. It would be nice to have something for groups to still do. Because, weirdly enough, this game's 18 months or so old. And it's probably the only MMO I, I know of that doesn't have group endgame content anymore. Yeah, because trials like, are, are not... <laughs> yeah. yeah, there was nothing at all. And I thought, well, the DSA would have been nice, sort of, not easy as such. But you boost that to VR16, you fix the problem where you can kill everything before it spawns. And you've got a whole fun group arena pool to go in there and spend all their time on if they're not solo. Right. It would have been an easy win, I'd have thought, for a lot of months of content 
to essentially do nothing more than a slight revamp. Right. I, I'm hoping that they they'll you know they'll listen and go back because you know I'm all about new content. New content's great and all of that. So don't get me wrong here. Um, I just I hate to see content like that go the way of the dodo because that was really fun content. Like it just it was really really fun and. I know as of right now, they don't really have the season gear yet. I know they talked about season gear, but I'm not really sure where we are with season gear, which I can't wait for season gear because then it'll really give us an idea of a gear grind. But how gearing is in this game right now, the the way this game is, it, it's not so much this item is the latest season or latest here and now, therefore it is the best. It's this item is you know high level who cares mix and match to get the type of build you want and since that's kind of how we're playing now it just would have been really neat to see them um adjust the master weapons to be a little bit more more to that style and yeah, maybe I mean, they will still do it who knows? i mean like i, I hate i hate cleave for the great sword it's a crappy aoe but it's the only aoe you get for the two-handed weapon so the original master sword at vr16 with the six extra damage that Cleave does, is pretty awesome. Whereas, as you say, for Critical Rush, as a pve pretty useless. I know for PvPers, they'll be all over that sword that there's no tomorrow, mm-hmm. you know, because Crit Rush is the prime skill for a pve So, great for them, but the old sword, if it was VR16, would have been more useful for PvEers. I, I completely agree. Um, Avi, what are, what are your thoughts on that? And I should say, before we move on, as they said, they have no plans to do it yet, but I expect to see some pretty heavy revamping of a lot of things, especially when they remove veteran rank. So it, I, I imagine that DSA will become relevant again. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing when, when they remove veteran ranks. It's just for right now, it, it's not, um, and they have no plans for it. Well, hopefully we get some kind of a group endgame content with the Dark Brotherhood or the Thieves Guild, because if not, then we're looking at a an expand of nine months with no endgame con- group content, which is kind of a scary thing to think of. Well, you know what? It's like you plan that or something, because you know what? They confirmed that a new trial is coming in Q1 with the Thieves Guild. I'm I'm gathering that it was the way the way we thought was that it was going to be with with um orsinium but it's actually going to be with thieves go i think they maybe ran out of time i'm i'm guessing that's probably closer to what exactly happened than than the other way around and i think for how orsinium is it'd be kind of weird for there to be a big old trial a big old trial right inside that zone it wouldn't really fit Oh, I had to adjust my camera there a little bit. <laughs> it would have been slightly odd. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Now, the next thing I have on here is the Orsinium map. I know, Avi, you've been playing around in Orsinium. I, I don't know. Steldy, have you actually got a chance to download on the PTS? Uh, I have the PTS downloaded, but no, I have not been on PTS. Okay. Well, then, uh, Avi, this is all you, sir. Can you kind of... Give us an idea of the size of of the uh, Orsinium. Well, I've only explored one half, and that was the more Skyrim-style snowy half, mm-hmm. and it is amazing. I mean, the scale is big. I think I even messaged you guys once, and I was like, oh, man, it feels like I'm in Skyrim. I'm like, <laughs> I'm really loving the scale of this. 
I didn't do any of the quests. I'm ignoring all of that. Just just walking around and experiencing everything, looking at all the new uh, monsters and stuff they put in, which mm-hmm. I can't think of off the top of my head. And the Maelstrom Arena, which I've attempted, which is uh, really fun, but uh, really difficult. So it's nice to see a single-player challenge in the game. Oh, I'm super excited for Maelstrom. Like, crazy excited for the Maelstrom Arena. Like, that's just going to be amazing. Um, but, you know, in, in terms of, of longevity of the game... Um, and not really being negative, just kind of a little sad and disappointed about it is that they aren't messing with DSA. It would have been nice to have both, but you know, again, maybe that'll change. But for the meantime, the single, the single one looks really, really good. Uh, And I'm surprised it's only single player too. Like you can't even bring one friend in. It's just pure single. So it's such an interesting, interesting way of going about it. It is a little different from, I guess, normal. Um, almost, oh, I guess most of their delves and stuff and are designed for like one or two players. You could even technically do most public dungeons with only like one other player, even if you're yeah. I, now I'm not saying the high, the high, highly skilled people can do it by themselves or if they, you know, um, I know quite a few people can, but even if you're only a mediocre player, most things only require one or two people. Yeah. So I don't know. Compared to the other zones, I'm curious if you think it's larger, same size. I can't I can't say as in like how long it is, but Mm -hmm. the scale looks a lot more bigger. Everything seems bigger, but I haven't explored enough to say the map. The map size looks big. It almost looks like Craglorn size. And I'm hoping I'm hoping that's how it feels, too. Okay. Okay. Hmm. All right. Uh, Let's see. Now, we actually had two weeks that we weren't here, and they actually had two ESO lives. Uh, one of them was to announce Orsinium on 10.5, and they had another one on 10.15. Um, there wasn't a whole lot about the one on the 15th, except for one thing in particular I wanted to mention was that they confirmed that shield dying is indeed a thing and will be coming with Orsinium. Yes, thank God. <laughs> is, it, is it sad that's probably the most exciting thing for, of Orsinium for me I my shield. it is for a lot of people actually you know I, I'm not surprised I know uh I was I was talking to a Varwin and if you guys know him he's he is the sword and sword and board paladin so when they're like you can you can die your shield I practically heard him from where I live just screaming yes <laughs> yeah well I feel his pain I'm white and gold, and I have a black shield. It's like, uh, or purple one. It's like, this is just yeah, my shield's completely purple. ruining my outfit. Completely <laughs> <laughs> uh, ruining my outfit. Don't you guys know this is all about fashion? I had to retire from tanking until they get the shield died. It's like, nope, I'm not doing it anymore. <laughs> I, I cannot look terrible while killing this stuff. Get back to me when you're done. <laughs> it's one step away from forcing me to show my helmet at all times. Oh, man. There was a game. What was the game? I was trying to remember what it was. And this is off topic, but still really, really funny since you brought it up. It it was a game that was talking about forcing players to show helmet. They they were like, people were asking, like, can I hide my helmet? They're like, no, if you hide your helmet, it's like you don't have any helmet on at all. <laughs> yeah, for immersion yeah, purposes, it's like. It's like, I'm all for it. But if you want to do that, you make a goddamn effort to make a decent helmet. Something that MMO games have failed over the decade. 
but they always have stupid helmets, weird horns, or one of them was a big schlong horn on the middle of the helmet. It's just a big <laughs> penis sticking out. So like, why that's my helmet? One horn, for God's sake. Who oh. designed this? Ah, somebody with uh, something else on the mind, apparently. So, I mean, the Breton helmet in ESO is probably the best-looking helmet I've seen in an online game. I high-end Breton one. I really like the high-end Imperial, but I I like that full face mask, that whole Imperial. I don't know. I just I have a yeah. I don't like its style, but it is a decent-looking helmet. So yeah, you're right. The Imperial one's done well. So I actually got um toilet brush on the top and (laughs) i think that's the only part that i dislike the most (laughs) but it looks like a proper helmet at least but that one the britain one looks nice like those helmets all right pull up my next little bit of notes here yeah there we go finally loaded sweet um on 10.5 during their eso live they did make a a chat about the mouse from arena and its leaderboards and one of the things that they're doing with the leader boards is that they are all now class specific leaderboards that's pretty exciting to me only for the fact that i play templar and i love my templar i love him to death but i know he doesn't have near the 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 tanking capability of of a, of a dragon knight but then again there's some other people say the same thing about you know the, the templar you just can't kill them so i'm liking the fact that they're comparing leaderboards to people of the same class that way it's more of a fair comparison so people aren't going well crud now i have to roll the flavor of the month class or else i'm not going to be able to compete i like it yes yeah, a good a good idea very yeah. good idea because that's one of this game's got is between their pvp kind of trying to stay as quite big scale mm-hmm. even with i see you know keeping away from the arenas and by having this for the solo arena, having your class separation. There's a reason they're doing it is because you don't have to worry so much about class balance when you're not worried about one-on-ones, 4v4s in like an arena style, or obviously the solo arena where suddenly people as well, it's impossible for us to compete with DKs or whoever it is. So you just have an endless balancing thing to try and make sure every class is exactly equal. This game kind of gets away with the fact you don't you use a, a form of balance, but it's not as rigid as you get from games with arenas for PvP and other small scale kind of fighting. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, that's, I just thought that was super exciting. Uh, now I have to pull up my other list here for, there were some quick notes about Orsinium from 10, five. Um, Rothgar has over 20 points of interest in it. That's pretty interesting. I mean, I actually have to look here over 20 points of interest. Uh, I'm trying to think if that's actually comparable to another zone. Uh, I was I was gonna say is that a lot? I, Someone, that doesn't that doesn't sound too impressive to me. But I, it, we, I can't I can't think of how many is on a regular zone. Well, that's why you guys are going to talk back and forth while I count real quick. Well, I'm I'm pretty <laughs> sure I'm, I'm pretty sure it's somewhere around twenty. I mean, I think I I visit at least twenty places in each zone. So, but they said it was supposed to be bigger and. Yeah, see, now that's where I'm kind of interested where they say points of interest yeah. because I I'm only about a third of the way through Deshaun and I've already counted 20 things okay, so that doesn't seem very impressive so I guess it's what their idea of point of interest is is that an eyeball as far as I'm concerned that's that's a point of interest to well me. that's an that's an area of interest yeah I think there's a difference oh really 
I don't know if there's a difference either because most of those eyeballs really don't. I guess they don't have a lot in terms of quests. They just well, well, if there's twenty of those, then yeah, that's that's a lot. Yeah, yeah. If they're just normally interesting things to look at, they're not necessarily. Sometimes you have quests that lead to them, but other times they're just something interesting that's there. Um, so that'd be kind of so. I'm kind of confused by that, but anyway, uh, it has the most content. It has the most content to date in an area like Glenumbra or Oridon. So standard leveling zone, it's said to be larger than all of those. Lots of voiceover work. Uh, also, the most they've done for any zone, any single zone. Uh, bear mounts, bear pets, bear hats. Yeah. A whole lot of bear. A lot of bear. I can. We can barely bear it. It's unbearable. <laughs> it is unbearable. Uh, Kurog is a member of the Daggerfall Covenant. Well, right now I think I'm kind of outnumbered because I'm the only Blood for the Pact solely guy here. Avicon? Hey, 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 I've leveled three VR EPs since I've made the change, so I'm pretty dedicated. That just makes you a faction whore. I was going to say. You, that's uh, you're dedicated anywhere. You're not, you're not a red. You're not a blue. You're a purple. That's what you are right now. You're I, I, I'm like a solo assassin, you know. If, if the money's high enough, then yeah, I'll go, I'll go over to 80. Nice. Mercenary, yeah. We still you're have the camps made. That's what you are. You, you know what they uh, you know what they say though there was there was that joke about um, the man in the Civil War this uh, sorry Estelian this is American Civil War here uh, <laughs> uh, the guy who was like I don't want to join the North or the South so he wore a blue blue top and a uh, gray bottom so both sides shot him <laughs> <laughs> okay sorry back to this. Uh, full set of new architecture, art, etc. These northern arcs are the best crafters in Tamriel. These are notes that I've, I have here from this. Um, I have seen a lot of the or, uh, architecture, and it looks really, really neat. Uh, Arbial forest in the, in the south of the zone, plains in the center, and cold Skyrimish area in the north. Yay! Oh, yeah. Um... There's a huge museum of orcish heritage that you can now populate with relics you find. Maybe. Okay. All right. That's, that's it's neat. Pretty, it, it's pretty cool. Yeah, I walked in there. It's just a bunch of empty pedestals, and you got to go out, and if you find a certain thing in the during a quest, you can bring it back there, put it on the pedestal, and I think you get a... It's like achieving a quest or something like that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Now, I know there's supposed to be... And I, well, it's probably going to be saying in here... Um, Actually, yeah, you rebuild Orsinium per character. It is rebuilt as you discover new areas and do quests. So it's just like a phasing type thing. So if you have a new character who walks in, Orsinium will be pretty much destroyed. Like, there's just not going to be anything to it. Um, But then as you do the quest and, and find maybe those relics and things like that, it'll probably start more buildings will open up, things like that, which is 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 really neat. I'm I'm really excited about that. Um, now that it kind of scares me though. I know they said the phasing is going to be better, but that kind of thing scares me. I'm not sure how that's going to work. Um, this is something that really excites me no matter what, because this, this zone is level agnostic, which I'm really happy about in terms of a solo zone that you should be able to go into it at any level. Um, is that crafting nodes in Orsinium will scale to, to your level. This includes the mats found in Imperial city. 
So you can harvest things like ancestor silk. Um, that's that's to your crafting level, crafting I believe, level. right? Yeah. 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 I'm, I'm imagining it's crafting level because if you're. Yeah, because I, I went in there with my Templar and I was picking up iron ore thinking, what's going on? Uh, <laughs> it's crafting level. So for me, yeah. that's going to be wonderful. Finally going to have to not deal with breaking things down in order to get it. Um, new kinds of well, monsters. Oh, go ahead. I, I heard it's not guaranteed that you get the high end stuff. Even if you've got 10 points in, you might still end up getting void steel. So. Well, even with a chance, I would rather farm there than Imperial City. Yeah, it's definitely an improvement, but just keep in mind that you go in there with your 10 out of 10 points, and basically as a, as a crafter of anything or something, you're going to you can understand the pain enchanters have when you go to a nice node and find a tar roof. <laughs> you'll do the same and get voice deal. No voice deal, no voice deal, no voice deal. Crap! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that will, that will definitely be a thing. That will definitely be a thing. <sighs> No void still, no void still. Oh well, it sucks. All right, I don't care. Still sounds better. Well, uh, bunch- sorry, I was going to say more importantly, presumably killing monsters there if you're VR15 also means you can get the loot to be able to make to break down. So you should be able to break down to get the materials without having to go to Imperial City either. So they should become much more common. Yes, yes. Alone. So the prices should drop pretty drastically. Uh, so make your money now if that's what you're interested in. Because right now I think most things are going for what, like four or five hundred gold a piece. Yeah, that's what it is. New kinds of monsters, including nastier goblins, snow ogres, snow durzogs, pocket mammoths, whatever the heck that is. A uh, lot of new item sets for crafting. Two new public dungeons that are way way bigger than previous dungeons, but not quite as big as Imperial City sewers. Um, Imperial City Sewers is massive, so that is what it is. Uh, Old Orsinium and Rekindleft is what I'm calling it. And I think actually That's they right. had, yeah, That's they right. had a, they had um Lawrence Schick on the show, and he said Rekindleft. So I'm like, yeah. yes. The one time I pronounce a word right, it's a, it's a dwarven ruin. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, nice. Um, phasing should be a better experience. I hope. We'll wait to see. Um. Someone actually once asked me, this was very early on, and they were asking me, I like to play with my significant other, but we don't have a lot of time to play. How is the how's the experience? I'm like, I honestly told him this was this was very early. This was actually in beta when I was still baiting it. And people were like, when it comes out, we're thinking of getting it. But is it is it good for that? I'm like, to be honest, unless you play, there's a reason why my character right now still hasn't done the gold zones. It's because I like to play with my wife and she hasn't been able to play. So my character has not even finished all of silver yet because he still has quest in Glen Umbra in Bangor or in not Glen Umbra, Bangor. I um, rendezvous at the pass and we live in fear. That's where I'm stuck in those quests because I wait for her. And when she gets here, then, then I'll, then I'll play through them. But the, it's not like I could even play through them in a lot of cases because certain quests, everything changes so much that if I were to go and, and try it, that, you know, I wouldn't be able to help her. I would just phase out at times. So I, I couldn't recommend it. So I'm really hoping that they take a step in the right direction because it, it really does kind of suck because if you want to go back and help a friend, you can't because of the phasing. Um. You guys can stop me anytime. I'm just going to keep going down this list because there is a lot of stuff. Oh, yeah, definitely. Because I took a bunch of notes. Um, so if you hear anything interesting, please just shout it out. 
Uh, increase the amount of experience you get from public dungeons. They did that in Imperial City. They're doing that yet again. Uh, Good, still crap. <laughs> <laughs> it would be nice if they were better and actually were a nice way of gaining experience to play with friends going, hey, let's get you a few levels. Let's go in and just farm a, a public dungeon. Um, new motif, ancient orcs. Uh, you get the pages in the two new public dungeons so that, that you'll see a lot of people in there farming if that's the only place they drop. Half are in one dungeon, half are in the other. Um, that's that's something. Yeah, give you a reason to go in there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. With experience boost as well, maybe it'll actually be worthwhile, A, going in there to kill, and then B, actually finding stuff to use. So a good idea. Definitely a better way of farming than the uh, glass, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. And to be honest, I, I, I prefer that. The glass one, see, I don't mind the glass are there the way they did it. it. It's it's fine. I just wish it wasn't fragments and it was a page. Then it would just be like, oh, I got this. You know, that one, I think it would be a little better than the fragments just because the fragments made it a little too grindy. And then on top of that, adding it into the crown store so early kind of took a lot of drive away, but we shouldn't be seeing that in the future. So that's always exciting. Well, it's not just that. It's just, you know, the dailies, it wasn't very... It was very MMO-y, if you get what I mean. You sort of did your daily, the craft, did I get a page or not, you know? Whereas going in dungeon delving to try and find these pages, like you did with the Dreamer, or in this mm-hmm. case, going to the public dungeon and fighting orcs to get it, it, it feels that, that's what it's supposed to be, an adventure. There should be an adventure involved in getting this stuff. I know, I, I completely agree. And I, I really do like that because, yeah, you're right. Um, and you're not time-gated by the way the glass was with the you can only do it when you have X amount of quests. This is like, hey, I got all day and this is all I want to do. Have fun, right? Yeah. I'm very excited about that. Um, so credit to Zoss there for going with a better version rather than sticking with the glass style from here on out. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. This was I'm, – I'm excited for this one because this is something that I will go out and, and, and do because who doesn't love – diving into a dungeon my goodness we're the dungeon crawler network what do you think we do even i might do this one because dreamer i could be bought to run around opening pots and pans to try and find pages but slaughtering a load of orcs till i find i am hell yeah that's just right up my alley i, I can do that all day long <laughs> look who's gonna have like a, a huge market from this just because i got like 900 pages for people yeah it could be the, it'd be the first time i've ever like farmed <laughs> Um, to get to Ors- Orsinium, when you get to any major town, an orc will run up to you with an invitation, kind of like older Elder Scrolls games. Gotta love, gotta love that. All, all I can think of is the guy who goes, "I have a message, your eyes only." I've been, I've been looking for you. I've been looking for you. I have a message, your eyes only. I hope the, I really hope that's what the orc says. I will get a kick out of that if he does. Just, I, I don't I don't think I don't think so. I would hope they would as like an Easter egg because that would just that would just crack me up. That'd be funny if they had the same looking random Breton guy run up to you <laughs> like what the, what the heck? You ran all the way from Skyrim. My goodness, you must be incredibly fit. All right, to get to Orsinium, when you go to any yeah, I already said that one. Um, but I wonder if they're gonna make us go through that pass because you remember oh, I'm pulling up my mat right now because I'm in game. Um. I gotta pull it up. It's in Stormhaven, Firebrand Keep. There is a uh, a bunch of quests there for the Knights of the Flame, but that's the way to Orsinium. That's the way that leads into Orsinium. So I'm really excited to see 
if that's how we can get in in from the world you know like i don't care if they poured us or they put us in a cart like craglorn um actually i kind of do because well, i hated that fact that's what it that's what it's like you walk up to a cart and they say are you ready to travel oh did really there's no other way uh, no 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 i'm not saying i'm not saying there's gosh i'm not saying there's no other way i'm just saying that's kind of how they they led you to do it in the pts okay because there's two areas that i really see and you know it's really sad i've never tried to go through them but there's two areas in in craglorn that are gates one would lead what looks like would be close to the rift i really wish that would have been accessible and an area called bankurai gate would be great if that actually led into bankurai because like i feel like there should be a a tan to make the world feel like it's not just zones there should be a way you can walk like you know i don't care if they have a cart that takes you there it's fine they did it in skyrim too but i would like the option of going oh look here's the zone border and i can just jump into it i, you, I don't you know can't why enter the bank right gate see, see i don't know because the bank i don't I, i've never actually went and tried i can't, rem- I can't remember because i remember going there and it, i i don't feel like i was even able to click e on it but i don't remember but i was a lobby so i wouldn't have been able to enter anyways i don't think you can yeah, well, see, I know if you're under a certain level, you can't, but it would be really great because I know exactly where that area is. I'm looking at it on the map. It's near uh, the old tower waypoint. Um, there's a road that leads right out that would lead into Craglorn, and it's just really great if you could just go through a zone. I don't know. It, it, I know it's kind of silly, and people would be like, why would you want to waste resources on it? I don't know. I just like the idea of making the world feel like it's connected. Right? Yeah, I agree, yeah. and especially when you think the upper Craglorn was kind of orc-centric mm-hmm. if you remember so it yep. kind of fed into the orc so then from upper craglorn if you had a way to go to the east or air and appear quite near the rift i would say that big land mass between the rift and here or whatever or wherever it's supposed to be i don't know the tamriel map in terms of where it's supposed to be but that sort of idea you've got orcs in upper craglorn there's a gate that goes and leads into the next area which is orsinium right and i just lost my my map there it is there's my notes sweet um a lot of new armor sets and expect new armor sets in every DLC, which is exciting. Uh, one of them is Law of Julianus, which is essentially is a spell damage version of Hoonding's Rage. So that shouldn't nice. be pretty exciting. Yeah, not a fan of that. No? <laughs> um, well, I think I think Hundig's is kind of a bit of a problem as it is because everyone uses that for stamina. Mm-hmm. It's currently Scathing Mage is the, the new hit for, um, for everyone as Magico, but that's crit crit and then whenever you do a crit you get so many seconds of a spell power boost well this crafted set is just going to be crit crit and you always get a very large spell power boost even larger than Cagnonax hope i assume i'm not double checking the exact numbers but i'm guessing so um so doesn't that it's like oh well, we've got new stuff coming out every dlc well yeah but we've already found that between in- imperium city and probably even orsinium every stamina guy is still going to keep hold of his hundigs and now what, every Magicka guy is going to keep hold of their five set Juliana. So in terms of what's left to actually make a set of, you've got, what, four pieces? Mm. Three to four, depending on if you're using dual wield or if you've got a staff. Especially with jewelry currently being used with the willpower and agility sets, kind of cutting that out so you can't have two five set bonus in most cases. Mm-hmm. So mm. yeah, I'm not sure I'm a huge fan of it. I'd like to try to move away from the hunting style and go for more interesting things. I'll make it and wear it. <laughs> yeah. I'll, play, but I'll wear it. Cause it's gonna be good. Yeah, yeah, it's gonna be good. Like that is, 
That is true. Hundings is the go-to set if you're, well, pretty much anything, really. Like, that's just, that's what you go to if you're stamina. Like, it's just that good. You can't get away from it. Yep. Um, part of the thinking behind adding new sets is to fill the gaps that emerge and are noticed in people's play styles. Um, again, I'm not really too worried about a lot of this. Like, I like how they're planning on doing this at all gear. Like, I would really love it if all gear was relevant in some extent. And then they just updated it when, especially when they do the seasons, I want to see season gear for everything. Like if I'm wearing like right now I'm wearing, um, because I just redid my build. I'm wearing four Magnus set and four uh, Eyes of Mara. Um, and then the uh, willpower. I would really love it if when the next season comes out that I can get, I can essentially make the same gear I have now if I don't want to change my playstar or a new set really doesn't interest me. Sort of like the uh, Maelstrom Grey Swords. Because yeah, it it's neat. But it doesn't interest me because I don't ever use crit rush. It's just never in any of my builds. Um, so it's kind of like, well, why would I use it? Eh. Um, unless there's something really good about it that I haven't seen, it, there's really not a point for me actually using it. Um, but th- to be able to go, okay, well, now what I have to do is I have to go out and 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 get better gear. And I hope when they release season stuff, one of the things that would really like Zoss, here's a suggestion for you. Those dungeon tokens we were talking about would be a great way of implementing them. Because um, when you remove veteran ranks, you're going to have all the same, probably the same uh, medals. That's great. Who cares? Keep the same medals. But make people buy an item with dungeon tokens that allows you to combine it with your other stuff to upgrade the season. I don't know. What do you guys think? Uh, well, the idea of seasonal gear is to sort of make it outdated, isn't it? So you can move on to the next set. So it's kind of designed to become obsolete, essentially. Right. Um, well, yeah, gear is meant to be obsolete, but how are you going to adjust crafting? Like, that's what I'm really curious, because crafting will always be there, and they want crafting to be a viable way of filling in the spots. How are you going to make your five hundings and make it the next tier up without adding more metal unless that's what they do and they just keep adding metal i don't know yeah that's very true um but because i kind of imagine seasonal gear the last season will be what starts turning up in the crown store so i'd imagine they start selling old season gears hmm. i know it's a scary prospect but that's what i'd imagine would start happening so if you made ways of seasonal gear being able to be updated to relevant gear now that'd be a whole host of problems there okay um, but you're right about crafted that kind of makes it tricky doesn't it yeah crafted is the what are we going to do kind of thing. Like, but Well, I suppose other games have done it, hasn't it? I mean, I remember in Rift where crafting was basically crafted gear, made your gear good enough to start doing the, the hard dungeons or the dungeons, and then the dungeons, you've got gear good enough to do the harder version of the dungeons, which then give you the gear good enough to do the trials. Um, I'm sure crafters won't be happy with the idea of their gear simply being entry-level stuff, but that's one way of seasonal gear working. And then they did actually eventually make it so crafters with some hard materials from raids, for example... You could actually use it to make some very good items, which were very raid equivalent, just not quite. So there'd be unique sets you could make, perhaps. But you're right, it kind of goes against the idea that you've already got the Hundix raid set. It's going to suddenly stop being made forever, and a new set comes along. Hmm. Mm. It's uh, the elephant in the room, the mystery <laughs> crafting. 
Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Avi, what about you? I'm sorry. I'm a little lost here. <laughs> um, do you do you feel like, and this was something I said about um, adding dungeon tokens, the ability to buy items that would allow you to upgrade to the nearest or the next tier with crafted. So when they remove veteran ranks, you'll be able to make your, you know, your your veteran rank, whatever. But instead of adding new medals, just add a item that you can buy from a vendor from doing dungeons and stuff. And you turn in 100 tokens, you can buy one item. Yeah, I think think that's a great idea. And they can remove (laughs) all about that. They can remove the old ones. They can just add a new one in, you know, like season one, they would add one. And then when the next season's out, they just remove the season one. And it's only season two. That way people aren't accidentally buying season one going, oh, crud. They just buy season two and season one fades into the dust. Just a great idea. Yeah, an idea. Uh, Maelstrom Arena, like Dragonstar, but for one character has maelstrom armor weapon drops at the end in the vet version like the master stuff they modify skill abilities but for a second skill which we talked about um increasing the drop rate on new armor sets on normal should be 30 percent. it's now 10 percent, for example in imperial city dungeons can i just say i feel really sorry for the um destruction staff guys for the second skill is that really crappy Elemental wall, is it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Useless pile of crap uh, in the game. It's like, great, we've got a master version for it. Good, uh, it good. Nope, it's still shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, there are nine levels to Maelstrom Arena to go through. And in Vet, you will not save your progress. So when you die off, you're that's it. I don't know if you have amount of lives or if it's one death. No, you die, and you. Can, I think you can even leave the arena and come back. I'm not too positive. My little journal still says complete the sixth part of the arena, and I'm in Stonefall, so... Okay, all right, yeah. so it's like a quest you get, like a daily quest? Yeah, I kind of like that. You walk up to the door, and it's a quest, and she sends okay. you in, and... Okay, that that makes complete sense. That's actually really cool that you can then complete it when you have time for normal, at the very least, so... Yeah. Um, very, very cool indeed. All right. That was my notes from the ESO Alive. As I mess around here with my iPad, as I try to get back to documents, that's not the right thing. Let's talk a little bit. Actually, before I move on, I have a note here that I should have made earlier. Uh, public service announcement for people who are part of the console community. Uh, for those who did not receive their crowns, we actually got a message from Zoss asking us to give a little PSA for people. So if you're on console and you signed up for ESO Plus and you haven't gotten your crowns, um, it's an issue between the billing system of Zoss and the Sony Microsoft that they're trying to work on. Um, but it obviously is very complicated having to deal with two different billing systems that were not designed to work together. So I, and I'm sure there's a lot of going back and forth. I know how it is in in my job when I work with vendors. Oh, it's not our fault. It's gotta be on your side. No, it's not on our side. It's on yours. There's a lot of that in the it field. Um, so they are working on that to get that resolved. But if anyone does not have their crowns, you can simply put in a ticket saying, Hey, I am this, I did not get my crowns. And their GMs can actually get back to you and manually add the crowns to your account. So uh, 
you don't have to sit there and wait going, oh, they lost this or this. You can actually contact and you can get your crowns within, you know, one or two days, whatever the standard business time is, because uh, their uh, customer service staff hasn't been, you know, instructed to do this workaround until they can resolve the issue between their billing systems. So definitely if you uh, have been expecting crowns and have not gotten them, just put in a ticket. They'll check your billing history um, and and reward you accordingly. So fear not catch up mechanic has been added for the as i'm trying to open it up catch up mechanic has been added into for the champion points i'm pretty excited about this i'm not as excited about the cap the cap is 501 now i'm not anywhere near that i'm only like what am i right now uh, I'm only 149. I'm just, you know, I don't, I don't grind it or anything like that. I just have some fun with it. Um, so I'm not very far up. However, they're kind of doing two things, which is kind of neat. And I'm trying to pull it up here so I can actually read this, but they actually came through and told us about the champion system that they are going to be adding these, these point modifiers. And I wish I could find it because they're someone had actually broken down everything. But <laughs> essentially what will be happening is if you have no champion points, when the season comes out, it's if I remember correctly, it's like 300 experience for a point for like the first point. So you're very likely going to be getting champion points like very, very quickly. Um, now it goes up exponentially for each point after you've reached, I guess what they consider to be the average, it starts going up and above and I think by the time you reach 500, it's like four, four million point experience points or something like that. Um, so like you can continue to grind, but they they've added a type of tiering system that after you've hit a certain point, it's just more expensive to go further. So um, good in that it allows people to catch up. I'm very excited about that. Um but I'm still not too big on the on the on the blocking. But I guess it's I guess it is what it is. What are your guys' thoughts? Yeah. Uh, uh, also, I've got these sheet. By the way, you're talking about. Oh, you do. Oh, good. Can you give us some examples? Like, let's just say no champion points to ten to a hundred to three hundred. Uh, yeah. So actually, after the patch, it'll be about thirty-three thousand for the first point. Apparently. Okay. Um, is that right? I don't think that is. That's wrong. That is. Let's see. Because right now it's what about a hundred thousand? It's four hundred thousand, though, isn't it? It's a f- regardless of whether you need one point or. Oh yeah, it's four hundred thousand. Yes. So it's going to be thirty-three thousand from that. So just taking this into account, for example, you would need once you have three hundred and thirty-seven points. You've just hit the part where it's four hundred thousand per point. Mm-hmm. So if you haven't got three hundred thirty-seven, you've done what you've you, your, your quids in here. You're, you're, you're benefiting. So and then if you're on three hundred thirty-eight or beyond, you're not really going to notice any difference because it's it's four hundred thousand beyond three hundred thirty-eight. Mm. Judging by this, if you go over the cap, it gets ridiculous. I believe. Makes sense. Something makes like a lot that. of sense. I, I don't know if the spreadsheet's right. This is the spreadsheet I was. Doing. Is it the one from um, Dominoid? Uh, it was actually Kogumush. Dominoid mentioned it, and I think. Oh, I look on an alternate sheet. 
let's see this has got it uh yeah no, it looks like the same thing yeah okay. um yeah so that's pretty much bang on so i'm all right i'm a 220 odd myself so I'm yeah i'm at about fine. i'm at about 280 now so getting close yeah. to 300 yeah i'm like the only one who has not that much <laughs> Yeah, and, uh, and I, yeah, and I haven't been playing that much. So I, I'm always on a scroll, so those help a lot. Uh, I don't use scrolls. I, I get the, I get, I get champion points like candy. I swear. <laughs> well, if you, you would, because you play alts. I mean, yeah. actually, most, the whole reason I probably got as many as I've got actually is probably because of my alt. Well, I've been questing with the wife and just going through because I've always had the um, enlightenment on as well because I'm not on constantly, so I've always got the multiplier going. So I game on through and get loads when I'm on my own. In fact, I think my main character has about 40 damage points to spend because I've been playing on the alt and it's just gone flying up. Wow. But wow. I'm, not, I'm not a fan of the cap, to be honest. Um, I know why it's in. It does make sense, especially if you're going to have a solo arena leaderboard. And, mm-hmm. and to be honest, with them putting the cap in, is why I actually thought it was a bit of a shame that they weren't revamping the DSA as well. Because, as I say, stop the port killing and with a cap of points i think groups could spend a lot of time just like the old days having a lot of fun with the leaderboard um so i think with the cap those things would be a lot more fun for the competitive players um for me i think it's like i said on the um well when we were on the show with uh otr i would have preferred they correct the diminishing returns to make that work proper um especially with the change in champ point points uh, at the speed at which you get them you know if you've got a proper decent boost from the first 20 points you put in on this on a star and how quickly you've gained it for the first 100 or 200 points the difference between someone having 500 plus and you being on 200 wouldn't be nearly as significant as it is now if 20 points gave you 15 percent of the boost then that'd be a massive cap before then going down to the 50 points getting you 20 percent and 100 points getting you the 25 percent that that's what I call diminishing returns. That's that's where you see a big gap. Whereas at the moment, it's quite literally you get to ten points, and then it's 0.1 or 0.2 percent from ten points all the way up to 100. It's like, well, this is a really naff diminishing returns you put in here. It doesn't work at all. You've just crucified your very quickly. Right. And that's what's caused a lot of the problems. Because if they'd done that correctly, I think that and a catch-up mechanic would have been sufficient. Except for the very extreme ends, for the guys running around with 1,500 points or however much they've grinded themselves to at this point. It was one of the ESO lives. They actually talked about this and it, it's actually remarkable. And I'm glad they actually said these things was they talked about the amount of champion points that people have and how few of them are up in that range. Like less than like 2% of the populace is above like 500 and like less than yeah. 12 players have more than a thousand um, oh yeah, that makes sense. It's just it's the real, the true hardcore guys with the, the thousand odd. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. The guys who can play all day, who sit there and grind all day. Yeah, that makes but, that makes complete sense. The problem is, especially in PvP land, that guy clearly plays a lot, and therefore, if you're playing PvP, you bump into him all the time. So it feels like <laughs> everyone you're meeting has got a thousand points. Just the same bugger running around and around, killing you all because he's got so many points. That's I think that that's a lot how I felt in very very early on in the game. Um, one of our first group events we did for uh, DCN uh, in Tales of Tamriel was we did Cyrodiil. And this was prior to Lobby Cyrodiil. So we all went in there. We were all sub VR at that point 10. And there was one VR 10. It was the same vampire dragon knight type character 
Dunmer Dragon Knight vampire who killed us. Like we had a group of like 20 people and this one person just wiped all of us because they just came in standard bat swarm and that, you know, whatever the case it was that they were doing. And we just we just died. I still remember that day. The, the full ultimate bat swarm, whatever the ridiculous cheat was that you could just stack all your ultimate reduction. It cost you nothing for swarm, and it, your, actual, your actual swarm itself gave you back the enough ultimate to re-swarm straight afterwards. Yep. <laughs> yep, exactly. And that was just... Oh, yeah, and, it, and they just kept killing us. We were like, okay, forget this. Let's go somewhere else. We went to a different place, and they showed up again. It's just like, okay. That's it. We're done. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because the like, there's probably about 150 different DKs running around as vampire dunmers anyway. So oh, <laughs> that, oh, that I, the I, population I, back then was doing that. Oh, I remember because it was Taylor Swift. That was her character name. Oh, how oh I hate Taylor <laughs> Swift. She's probably going to hear this somehow and sue me. So I should shake it off. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's her. I don't know. I'm just saying. Well, all right. Enough Taylor Swift. <laughs> That was the news for this week, guys, or the past two weeks. A lot of interesting stuff. A lot of interesting stuff. So let's Wait, go hold ahead. On, hold on. We have one more thing here. Oh, we do? Yes. The the Orsinium DLC Collector's Bundle. Ah. Did you want to bring that up at all? I was just, yeah. I was just, I was a little, I was a little confused on why they have five crown XP scrolls added in their collector's bundle. Is there something I'm missing here or? Mm, I think it, well, the difference is. Is for those who don't know, when Orsinium comes out, Orsinium is going to cost 3,000 crowns, so $30. Um, I actually, we were talking about this on DCN. Let's talk about that first and foremost. Um, you guys fear that's a, a fair price, $30 for, for this? Yeah, I think that's a good, that's a decent price. Okay. I, we're getting a whole end game for solo content and big a zone. nice big zone, yeah, so who can complain? Uh, uh, I I can. <laughs> I, actually, that's not true. I don't complain. I think it is overpriced. But I'm actually I did listen to your DCN podcast, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm happy for it to be overpriced, and I actually think that's the way to go, to be honest. Because ESO has been very generous in that that ESO Plus doesn't give you much over not subscribing, and that's kind of hard to have a benefit. But that's because they haven't penalized you by not being subbed. Like games like Sotar just screw you over big time by not being subbed. And mm-hmm. other games do the same. Whereas ESO is like, well, you play the game completely fine and normal without the sub. If you have the sub, you know, nothing really changes. It's just you're generously giving money to ESO, really. I yeah. mean, it's 10% whatever. Um, but you get the DLCs for free. Um, so how do you incentivize it? Well, you kind of overcharge for the DLCs. And I know Krabby, was it Krabby? No, Broden. 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 Yeah. He didn't like that, but I think it's a fine way to go. So th- if you said the future DLCs were all $30, there's four in a year. That's $120 you'd spend on DLCs. So uh, That's less sub- than subbing for the entire A sub time. would be $180. However, so for the extra $60, you also get yourself $180 worth of crowns yeah. and all DLCs, of course. Yeah. So you're paying more for the sub, but you are also getting a load of crowns if that sort of thing interests you. Hey, I bought so, the... Uh... I, I the battle mage costume. stuff it was worth it for me <laughs> i love yeah. the battle mage costume <laughs> yeah they're exactly. awesome so i think yeah it's a bit pricey but it's not outrageously pricey no but it is it is a bit expensive but i i've got no problem with that because i know Bruden kept saying well you know Final fantasy you sub to and you get all the access and this is essentially a patch you should pay it's like well yeah but you're not sub to this game you, yeah you, you can choose not to sub and save yourself 60 bucks a year by buying the dlcs whilst not being subbed or you can sub and then not have to buy the DLCs and, and have get a little bit, but you but you pay a bit more. So yeah. 
I, so yeah, 30 is a bit expensive. I think you're looking anywhere between 20 and 30 dollars per DLC is what you're going to expect. I think you'd be lucky to see it at 20 unless it's a small one. I think in PLC it was 25. That's probably 25. I think that's probably the cheapest you're going to get. But 25 to 30 is pricey, but not extortionate. It's it's no 30 dollar horse type thing. So yeah. still uh, cheaper I, than Frost. Yeah. So, yeah. so it's it's within the realms of reasonably, and it does sure. help people saying why not go for the sub and. You know, in an ideal world, I'm sure the devs would love if everyone said, oh, the DLC is too expensive, I may as well just sub. Because in an <laughs> ideal world, they'd love everyone to be sub. The only reason why they're not doing a sub-only game is because the business knows that by to play and free gives you more money. But they'd much rather have everyone turn around and sub. So it's, it's a sneaky way of incentivizing without penalizing players for not being subbed, as it were. Your only penalization is that you're paying money a bit more than you should to buy these DLCs, rather than you, you can't weapon swap while you're not subbed. You know, sounds yeah. ridiculous, but that's what the Star Wars did, and it? You can't have an extra one of the hot bars, or something. You lose a hot bar's worth of skills. Yep. Yes. <laughs> so it's a wow. cut thing. So, yeah. Okay. Sure. They sell the DLCs at 10, 10, 10 bucks a pop, but if you're not subbed, you only get one. You don't get weapon swap, and you can't wear jewelry. Yes. <laughs> Let's go with some ridiculous ideas like that that other games do to try and fleece you into subbing. Oh, other games have done that, and you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it, it's crazy, but it's true. Other games have done, have went that exact route. Going, if you don't sub, then you know you're you're SOL in most cases. So no, it, I I don't I don't find thirty dollars to be to be um, too much. I really don't. Um, I think Zoss may have issues if they try going thirty dollars for the next DLC because we all know that. Um, Thieves Guild and Dark Brotherhood are going to be smaller. Um, this was a big zone, public dungeons, a good number of things, right? Uh, so thirty dollars not so much. Uh, I'm imagining Dark Brotherhood will probably have some item sets, uh, new gear styles, and maybe a a, a skill line, uh, maybe a few sky shards or ways of gaining skill points, and a quest line. That's what I'm seeing. Thieves Guild and Dark Brotherhood. I don't think those would be worth 30, 15. Yeah, make 10, 15. I could see that for that level of DLC. They just have to price it accordingly. Now, obviously, ESO Plus is the way to go. And, um, you know, that that they want people to be doing that. So it makes sense. Um, so there we go. So we went through all that. Now, for those who don't know, they are releasing a collector's edition of our collector's pack or whatever they want to call it of the Orsinium patch 5,000 crowns 50 bucks includes the DLC which was $30 already includes the bear mount one of the bear mounts the bear pet and like five experience scrolls um now if you think about it at that point in time, though, that's just them trying to get a little bit more money for a little bit of of, you know, off the cheap, because if you think about it, let's just let's just look at this. I'm assuming the bears are going to probably be along the same route as the Senshi Tigers. I don't think they're ever going to do a thirty dollar mount again. I really yeah. don't. I think they were testing the waters and went, oh, it's a little expensive because a lot of people went against it. I could see twenty five hundred again or somewhere in there. You know, 25 bucks. I think that might be where they're staying. Now, again, I I don't work for Zaz. I don't really know. But I really think the $30 was them just testing the water because they've not done this before. And they go, okay, this did not sell as well. Let's back that down. 
and let's look at this and go, I can see $25. I don't think we're going to see anything as cheap as the original mounts, which were like 700 crowns or anything like that. I think they're going to be somewhere in the 2 to 2.5K for the mounts. So you got 2.5K for there. So if you bought each thing separately, you're already up to five or 5,500 crowns. The bear mount or the bear pet, what what are those? I'm actually 700. 700. 700. Yeah, probably going to be similar to that. So right now you're at 6.2. Six, six uh, and experience. then the five crown scrolls is 1,000. And a thousand. So you'd be at seven two. So you're essentially they're trying to tell people if you bought everything separately, you're looking at about seventy two dollars. Whereas if you buy it all together, it's fifty. You're saving yourself twenty two bucks. Now to them, it's digital goods. So it's not like it, they're they're just trying to entice through bundles. And people do this everywhere. Uh, whenever you're, you know, it's that whole buy buy one, get one free, buy one, get one half off. They're trying to get you to buy in bulk. So I just I just don't get why their fourth option was five crown scrolls, you know, like it's, maybe maybe I maybe I think too much into it, but I saw it and I kind of thought, why is there not enough XP to be gained in Arsenium? Why are they why are they giving us scrolls to go along on our adventure? Well, you could also think sense. that this zone is level agnostic, though, so this could be any level people going into it. It's not just max level people. If this were a VR. 16 zone would they get offer xp scrolls probably not but this is pretty much anyone can go into it at any time kind of deal i guess that i guess that makes sense it's good for starting players since this is sort of a sort of a starting also, zone. also to let them experience just how great an experience scroll is so they keep buying them like you do <laughs> yeah 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 that could be true then, then you like can't I, play I, the I, game I, anymore because you realize how crappy xp is without a scroll yeah, like I've never bought a scroll, you see, so I'm being blissfully ignorant. I thought if I bought them, it's slippery slope. Once I got them, I could never yeah, handle. I, I don't. I don't recommend it. I actually yeah. bought a, a stack of them. I still have four of them in my bag. I used one of them the one time that I think Kipster and Avi, we were in a dungeon somewhere. I gained like five levels oh, yeah. off of it, but in the end, uh, I was at work, so I was leeching, so I wasn't getting as much experience as I should have. But. Um, they, they, these guys were 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 essentially letting me leech off of them, so I, it probably would have been better if I was actively playing more than just throwing out a spell every once in a while. But I wasn't overly impressed, at least not from the leeching standpoint. Not enough to spend the money. But now that I, I I've farmed up the the Sigic Ambrosia recipe, I very well may do it that way. Make those if I could ever get around to fishing. <laughs> Yeah, the fish are my the fish are my problem with those. Yeah, that and only thirty minutes. Well, you can you can all they're affected by the 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 drink thing. Oh yeah, yeah. That's so right. you can get them up to an hour and a half, I think, something like that's that. Nice. So it's not as long, but then again, it's just in game. So if you do all the fishing yourself, I probably have a stack of like four hundred or so of the purple materials. So I could make tons of them, and you also make four at a shot if you have the full provisioning. So like you could really just like you know throw them off off like crazy if if you wanted to. Um, well, it's time to go fishing. <laughs> yeah, I have I've never caught pets. a I've never caught a perfect row before. I, such bad luck. I've got normal row, but that was about it. Nothing else. I don't know. It is what it is. Um, ooh, I really like Cyrodelic steel. That's really pretty. I'm dying my my armor at the time and i really like cyrodelic steel because <laughs> it's very pretty yeah i'm just gonna do that um wow that actually is really gorgeous looking 
It's really just going to do all of that. Um, <laughs> this is what happens when I play the game at the same time. I get so distracted. All right. I don't know what are Estelle and I don't I don't know if I heard your entire thoughts on 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 the Cyrodelic uh, or the uh, collector's edition. Uh, well, I've got no problem. I mean, what was it? Five thousand crowns, you say? Yeah, five thousand for. Uh, it's twenty bucks more for, as you say, a mountain. I mean, is that any different to when you buy yourself a collector's edition of any other game these days? What do they do when you actually buy a brand new game? Collector's edition, twenty bucks or more increase and what they give you some in-game pets maybe a mountain if you're lucky probably not mm-hmm. though um so it's, it's pretty standard it's uh you know as i say it's, it's a decent deal 20 bucks more for stuff that would cost you more individually if you're not someone who uses crowns then it's not worth it but if you're someone who does buy crowns then yeah why not you're saving in in the end especially if you do buy scrolls uh i say five scrolls it's a thousand crowns right there mm-hmm. so and obviously, a lot of people like bears, so they want to get the bear stuff. It, it makes common sense. I mean, most people are going to buy the bear mount and the bear pet. And you said both those are in the collector's edition? Yes. Yeah, so that's going to be, what, 3200 right there and then at least. Maybe yeah, more right. they're going to charge the pet. So, yeah, forget the scrolls. You've already made it. I mean, as I say, most people I know have seen on Twitter and various things, like, so excited by the bear and the bear pet. That sounds like pretty much anyone who's getting the deal is going to get those two items as well. So... Yeah, you got yourself a bargain. Get yourself free five free scrolls while you're at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you're if you're not actually buying the deal, like if you're an ESO Plus subscriber, it's one of those things. Like, why even bother? You know, because you you already are going to have all of the stuff, right? It doesn't it doesn't really matter. But if you're not if you're not an ESO Plus subscriber, then it. It, it does make sense. If you're already going to spend the 30 bucks and you're going to do all that, why not throw down an extra 20 and get essentially a $72 value for, for 50 bucks. Yeah. It's, and I think, I think it's a good deal. I was just confused about the whole, the whole scrolls being in there, but yeah, makes a little more sense now. I, I, I just saw, I saw it and I was just like, why? But it makes sense for the starting people. Yeah. And I mean, maybe they never changed it from when they were wishing to make VR 18. <laughs> maybe they left the scrolls <laughs> in there. <laughs> Oh, wow. This is VR 18. Here's the scrolls. They, they forgot to take them out after that. But yeah, no, this, I, like Ag said, it makes sense if you're not going to be max low when you go there. Or even if you are, assuming you're not on 501 champ points, you'll probably want to uh, make the most of those quests and get yourself a nice bit of experience boost for that. Right. Absolutely. All right, guys, it's game time. What have we been doing this week? Let's see. Let's let's start with Esteldian. Uh, mine's going to be very quick. I've not actually been on at all for the last two weeks, so I have no game time to share at all. Okay. It's nothing personal against the game, by the way. It's just I did my back in, so being at the computer had been a little bit dis- uncomfortable, so I've kept away from the computer in general. So don't worry. It's not like, oh, I can't be asked to play. So <laughs> I just can't be asked to play any games. <laughs> yeah, I've not, not touched anything, not even, not even really internet browsing. I've just kept away. So. Okay, makes sense. Avi. All right, well, uh, I've been playing a lot, <laughs> like a lot, a lot. I don't think I've talked my tales in the past three weeks, so I've been doing quite a bit. You're right. Uh, we didn't do it the one week because it yeah. was just a you and me show. I'm like, let's just let it go short. And then next week we didn't do it. <laughs> and then and then the one, the, the, the collab with ESOTR. That's so right. It's been, it's been a while. So, you know, I, I started a Khajiit Nightblade last time I talked to you guys, and he's already VR14, so... <laughs> 
I got addicted. I got addicted to him. You know, I played him hard and played him all the way through gold. Got him all the way to gold content and stopped him at VR 14. I'm gonna leave him there and just enjoy the last two because they're just too they're too annoying to get. Right. Uh, besides that, I uh, my two lobies who I think last time were both level 40 or so. Uh, my Dragon Knight is now VR one, and my Brett and Templar is now VR two. And uh, I just started my Sorcerer today. I went grinding with Ark, so I got to level 15 really fast. So he's already level 15, so he's coming along quite quite well. Uh, working on my Crafter, finally. I got all the Dwimmer styles, which is, which is a, nice, a, nice, mm-hmm. a nice accomplishment. I had to buy the last one because I couldn't get stabs for the damn life of me. And then the next day, I get it. So, oh, don't you hate that? Yeah, it it, it, it was the worst because I, I already felt kind of bad buying it with gold thinking, oh, I've already I've hunted them all down one by one. So, right. Yeah, it, was, it was a bummer, but what can you do? And then uh, besides that, I'm trying to revive my DC tunes a little bit. I play them here and there, not too much, just trying to get them armor. Uh, I got three of them right now, a VR, a VR7, a VR9, and a VR4. One of them's probably going to get deleted because I really want a stamina sorcerer on EP. Okay. So I might, I might delete. I just made a new Breton sorcerer, so I might delete my VR4 Breton Sork on DC, just, just replacing them or my Templar. I mean, I just got another Templar to VR, so that's my. I think that's my fifth Templar getting the VR ranks, which is too much. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just a little too much, you know. I, right. Uh, so I have three. I have three veteran Templars right now. So I'm deciding who's going to get the get the good old deletion. <laughs> one of you is getting the axe. Yeah, Which one? Somebody. Somebody's got to go. And then, <laughs> and then lastly, uh, I've been running. I've been running pledge nights. You know, I ran. Uh, what what was it? I ran Elden Hollow with a uh, kilted crabby and arc. Which mm-hmm. was fun, and then I also ran Wayrest Sewers with Kilted, Krabby, and Shoots, which is really funny. I, I told Krabby I was going to bring this up, so I'm going to bring this up. He Krabby died to crabs. <laughs> three three crabs killed Krabby, and I, I thought it was the funniest thing ever. So, so I told I told him I was, I'm putting it on the show, man. Yeah, it happened, so I'm saying it. I I fully appreciate that. that yeah, is, that I look great. I look forward to a comic of that. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> oh, right. God, that'd cool. be a perfect comic. Hear that, Latuna? Go ahead and anytime you want, just go ahead and do that for us. That'd be great. Thank you. Yeah, that's actually. Yeah, and really then last, funny. go ahead. Yeah, it was great. Oh, I was just gonna say, and lastly was the pledge that I ran with you, but uh, I'll let you talk a little bit about that one. Oh, okay. Um, let's see. Uh, we ran Tuesday pledge night. Ran that with uh, was that arcs cur- arc arc something or another. And normal white gold tower. So that's, we ran that on pledge night. Those were, it was Ark, it was me. No, it wasn't Ark, it was Ollie. It was, it was me, Kilted, and Kilted's and friend. Oh, that's right, that's right. She was, she was, she was leading us through it. Yes, yes. Uh, did white gold tower, didn't do the quest because I didn't know the lady who went with us. And I wasn't going to subject her to my, my lore needs. So I didn't sit there 
that just reminds me of the first time we ran through what was it? What dungeon was it? It was one of those later ones, uh, Crypt of Hearts, I think it was maybe, uh, with Kipster. And this was when Thais and I were playing, and we went along and we dropped down into this giant library. And as soon as we dropped down, I just heard Kip going, "Oh crap." we were reading every book like everything he's like um but he actually was nice enough to let us do it but he's like you know what go ahead just read i don't care i'll go do something and i'm like i can't i can't subject you to that but i really wanted to but i didn't do those so i'll have to go back in and do the story for white gold but it's a fun dungeon it really is uh arcs was fun we got to play around with that a little bit uh thursday ran imperial citric or imperial citric uh imperial city with fair fair dark single malt um i don't think Avi, were you not there no i fell asleep and slept through it oh yeah uh crabby was there though and it was actually really really interesting because when we went in there no, no no this was the week before this that we ran it uh, we actually found a group of people doing the dungeon. Sorry about that, guys. It was single malt me, Ferdic, and there was one more person from the guild. I can't remember who it was now. I apologize. This is two weeks ago. We went through Imperial City sewers and was just messing around. Um, Thursdays, this last Thursday's Imperial City was the one that we got into, which obviously it would have been a blast if you were there, but Krabby was there. Uh, myself, um, Ferdick showed up and there was one more person who showed up. I can't remember. It was three. Or four. Oh, Ark. Ark made it. Ark. How could I forget Ark? Ark in your game. Uh, we decided since no one else was really there, uh, we lost the axe of whatever campaign. So uh, AD had it. So we had to go to Azure Star, which is always really hopping, right? Um, we hop into the Imperial City. There was only like three of us at the start. Uh, Ferdick joined later. And we're like, well, since there's only three of us, we can't do sewers. We were looking in zone. No one was doing uh, sewers. So it's like, all right, let's. I mean, I guess we could have messed around sewers, but we didn't. We were like, let's do the districts. We'll do the dailies. We'll just run around. The first zone we hopped into was Memorial District. And as soon as we got up there, we saw all these people standing there. There were a crud of um, Daggerfall Covenant players just like attacking us from on top of the thing. There, were, It was insane. <laughs> there had to be like 20 of them. Uh, Ark being my tank and me going, eh, what the heck? We don't have any stones right now. Anyway, we just jumped down <laughs> and just started attacking. And after we jumped down, so did a bunch of other people. Everyone else was just jumping off following us. And it turned into a massive battle between us and DC in the Memorial District. Just go back and forth back and forth all of a sudden about an hour into this Aldmari Dominion starts coming around the other side and tries to do like a pincer move to us and blood for the pack we held them off the entire time it was great we fought off DC 80s come behind we just turn around to crush the AD turn back around oh it was so much fun oh my goodness it was a blast uh, we did that for probably about two out two and a half hours. I think it was just messing around fighting us through. We didn't even do a single quest. We just kept fighting. <laughs> um, I got an achievement for killing like 10 Templars because I've never done that before. I don't, I don't think it tracks. It's either it doesn't track or you have to have the killing blow. I don't really know how that how that works because oh, I got it for killing 10 uh, sorcerers. Um, 
I really feel like the only way that works is if you have the killing blow, because I know I've killed more than 10 sorcerers or at least assisted. So I think it has to be a killing blow, but I got that. So that's really neat. Um, I have been messing around with a new build um, because until I move, my internet is crap. And even right now, I'm sitting at 166 ping. So it's pretty excessive, and it's very, very hard to do weaving with this high of ping. So I looked up this Magicka build um, that doesn't, doesn't require weaving to actually get a fairly decent DPS score. Uh, it's still melee. It's a melee Magicka build, and I actually just finished doing it now. So I, I have I have that. I recreated a whole bunch of armor. Um, all of it's crafted. Um, I need to find jewelry. I'm just going to throw any random jewelry in. I think I was planning on just going three willpower just because it was like whatever. Uh, I'm going to play around with it, see how it turns out. If I like it, then I'll, then I'll keep it. Um, but it's four Magus, Magnus set and four Eyes of Mara. Um, I I can't even remember using Eyes of Mara recently, but um, because I'm using a Destro staff and a greatsword uh, for the melee um, portion of it, it, it just seemed like I can get two four sets. And the Eyes of Mara have the exact same stat bonuses as um well i guess it's not the exact same oh actually it is it is the exact same set as the as the uh mages set it gives a 911 stamina or magicka 121 magicka recovery and 121 spell damage now given uh the stat increases the two set bonus on the magus set the recovery is the three set and the spell damage is the four set on the eyes of mara the recovery is the two set the um the raw stat magic is the three set and the um spell damage is the four set but i've been able to run around with with those so i'm able to run around two four sets to get fairly good damage and spell damage and extra magicka as of right now i'm sitting at 30k magicka in vr14 gear that's only purple it's not terrible and i'm actually not even wearing any any uh jewelry yet because i had none i just bought some cheap VR 14 to 15 jewelry that was on the market that was only, you know, a couple hundred or a couple thousand gold or whatever that just had like arcane trade on it. And it was like, yeah, whatever. Um, but I, ideally, I think I'd want to get the agility set and see how it turns out. But I want to play with it, see how it turns out. If I like it, I may end up keeping it. Um, current build is, uh, for at least for the great sword, uh, puncturing sweep, which I just did it. And someone almost, I'm in the bank in Mordhold and one of those attackable NPCs started walking. I'm like, oh, crud. <laughs> I had to turn because I'm like, there's 20 guards around me. I'm like, I'm going to get murdered. Uh, structured uh, Entropy, the Radiant Destruction, and Rune Focus. So I guess the whole idea of it is using Rune Focus up to keep your uh, sustain going. Using... Entropy and keeping that up because it provides empower from the magic or from the mages guild and using that and then using biting jabs and just doing a light trying to do a little bit of weave from that. But anytime that your ultimate up and the ultimate I'm using right now is uh, crescent sweep, which from what I was reading on Tamriel Foundry for the amount of ultimate it requires is very, very powerful.
powerful for what for how low it is. Um, and what you do is you hit entropy. Even if entropy hasn't worn off yet, you hit it so you get the empower bonus and do crescent sweep to do like get the empower bonus for it. And that's how you play this. And then my secondary bar is my range bar. I have blazing spear. I have reflective um, reflective light on for the AOE. This is my AOE. And I have a solar barrage um, and a destro staff to regain magicka. Um, and of course, spell symmetry if I run out of magicka from my other thing. And inner light. Um, and that's what I'm kind of rolling. And then I have shooting star on, on there if I, if I need a harder hitting ultimate. But... Uh, all for all, I'm, 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 I'm liking it so far. Nice. So that's, that's what I'm trying to play with right now. Um, I know, Esteldian, you were saying you were running something very similar? Yeah, I do use something very similar to that. Um, I use different gear. Um, I, yeah, I, your ones are crafted, I guess. All of it's make, crafted, yeah. Yeah. Um, I know I dual wields use... better. I know dual wields No, well, better. even aside from that, I use, I personally think I'd use Pagnarex Hope. Um, okay. Because the five set of that gives a very nice bonus to your spell power, and the resin bonus is kind of cool as well. Uh, hmm. Obviously, what I use is martial knowledge, and I use two Torg's pack, I think. Yeah. Was it four Magnus now? I mean, four Magnus. I, I use dual wield, of course, so I can do a five. I use a five and a four. I can't remember off the top of my head what he uses, but yeah, I mean, it's a similar idea, but. Uh, so I'd use Cagnarex Hope, or in the case of Orsinium, obviously you'd go with five piece of the Juliana stuff, I guess. Yeah. So go with that, and then I personally have a hatred for staff, so I don't use a staff in any of my builds. I um, generally do too, but I couldn't figure anything else out that would. I just stick with the two-handed sword. In fact, funny enough, if you read that thread of the Agent Warrior, obviously he's updated now, but somewhere along the lines of it, you, you'll see that I actually mentioned to him, I said. Because I think he was using a staff and using the impulse. And I actually said to him, well, have you tried using a barrage? Because between having a, a dual wield or two-handed sword on your, your AOE bar and using that, you will do you do considerable more damage than an impulse does. Um, so, yeah, if it should be thread. So I, I do that style. So I, I, I use a weapon on both. I use a proper man's weapon on both bars. And then there's staff <laughs> nonsense. And I use barrage or... If you've gone with Dark Flare, then I just use um, Spam the Blazing Spear. Right. I have Blitz. Yeah. Technically speaking, I'm not even using a Destro Staff skills. I could actually use anything exactly. I wanted. So, again, weapon gives you more, you know, the two-handed weapon or dual wield will give you a higher spell power. So therefore, your AoE will actually be more effective. Maybe I'll way. actually switch to dual wield. And as long as you keep your channel focused, I, mean, I, I never use options at all. Um, even for Magicka, because you get almost 500 Magicka from that channel focus every two seconds. Um, mm. So I got that down. I've done all the times running DSA. I, on occasion, might have had to throw down a potion to uh, but only a budget potion. I don't use any fancy ones, just a crappy magic one I picked up from a boss I'd killed or something. So I'd use them sporadically. Mm -hmm. But yeah, the build has no sustain issue, so I've never had to try and do a heavy attack. So I'd, I don't miss having a not having a staff at all and i just feel much better not having a god awful staff and that's one of the things i love about the templar is the fact that he's got both single target spam and pull abilities and aoe ones so unlike a dk who has no choice but to have a destro on at least one bar if he's got magica mm -hmm. you have the luxury of being able to do anything you want 
with the Templar, which is one thing I really love about him. So, yeah, get your two-handed sword on both. But as I say, I, I do like dual wield on the Magic of Earth. I think it's the way that when you use um, when you use your execute the cool beam. Yeah. I think having the one-handed sword in your other hand while you're beaming looks pretty damn cool. <laughs> I spent a lot of my time doing the beam, you see. So it looked, I think it looked cooler than the two-handed sword for that. So I got you. I, I, I do that. And between that and the fact you're punching sweep kind of makes your sword disappear anyway. Yeah. I just went dual wield for the most part. Um, so. Makes yeah. sense. But yeah, so it's not that like you've gone the right way, but I'd say you'll obviously go for the highest spell power as soon as the Orsinium patch hits so you can get the Juliana set. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, for me, the dual wield eight was giving more when you're less than what is it 40,000 magic it gives more anyway but it was it was also nice having the extra set bonus from it that was my main reason why I liked it over the master sword right it, it let me do use quite a lot of things so I guess four Kagnarex or four Julianos the three um, willpower jewelry and then that probably leaves us eight spaces done so you can do a bit of Torugs or something mm -hmm. that way max out your spell power anyway but it's an awesome build I love it it's one of those things where I'm sitting here thinking like I'm not even really all that concerned about, well, really any of the gear because like the VR 16 right now, I'm sitting there going, man, I should really be farming VR 16. But with how quick that um, uh, Orsinium's coming out, all the stuff that I have, I feel like I should just sell it now while the price is high. <laughs> yeah. And then just farm up the VR 16 mats later because then it's just me in PVE zone just farming going Ah, maybe I'll get something, and if I do, great. You know, keep going. Um, it just might be a little easier to do that than than I might I, I might just sell all the stuff that I have stockpiled now just to make a little bit of cash and then hold on to it. Yeah, it's a clever plan. I only have two pieces of metal, so I don't I don't have a ton either. But it's I have enough that it would be worthwhile for me to sell, like enough that I would actually make a a fairly large chunk of money, maybe not tons of money, but enough that I wouldn't be like, Oh wow. You know, just shake a stick at it. But it's enough that it'd be like, Hey, it, it it's worth more now than it is in, you know, in two weeks, <laughs> in two weeks, I imagine is going to drop pretty drastically. So might as well get it in while I can. Right. Yeah. At least that, true. That's that, that's, oh. That's assuming that the mobs do drop VR15 stuff in Orsinium. I've not actually checked that. Well, that's where the nodes, remember, the nodes actually have that chance of giving you the better stuff. They do, but it sounds like they're stingy enough that it might not necessarily. Mind you, yeah, you're right. It's going to drop the price no matter what because the fact that everyone can go in there safely and not worry about getting killed by PvPers will probably make it Yeah. farm fest. So, yeah, you're right. It'll... That alone will make it worthwhile for me is the fact that, you know, like you said, it's... It's just easier it's safe, zone. safe zone. I can farm in there for hours without getting ganked. Yeah, I technically don't lose anything, but it's also you got that. You have the maybe you will get it, maybe you won't kind of deal. Do you know what I mean? Like there's no guarantee. The only thing that's guaranteed in the entire thing when you kill stuff are the stones. Yeah. And you can lose the stones by, you know being stupid or whatever the case may be. So it's like, eh, maybe it's just easier not to, not to do that. Right. I don't know. It thoughts. Yeah. It will be much cheaper. You're right. It'll be nice and easy, peaceful yeah. time. I know, I know people I, uh, in my guild are looking forward to using Osinium to get all their gear. Oh well, yeah. Cause then I, PVP is, so. 
I'm not a real PvP either. I mean, I enjoy Imperial City for what it is. Don't get me wrong. Imperial City is a lot of fun and I enjoy playing it. But it's it's something I would go in there for the experience of Imperial City. If I'm sitting there just trying to get gear, I also feel like I'd be able to make gear easier and I wouldn't be so stingy about about making it because, you know, like I just farm it by just running out there and just running around like what I do all the time, like what I'm doing right now on the show. I and while while we're talking, I'm just literally running around Craglorn just mining stuff. That's what I'm doing. Yeah. Uh, and that worked out for me. So it's like why wouldn't why wouldn't I want to do that? Well, what's sad is I think I was sitting actually gonna come out before I even stepped foot in Imperial City. <laughs> I've not been in there. I went on a PTS, so I've actually been on the live. Really? That's actually really yeah. funny. It's really funny. I like it. All right, guys. Well, that's the end of our gameplay. So let's go ahead and, well, we actually have a ton of emails. First off, let me see here. I pull it up on my list. Uh, We have two five-star reviews on iTunes. One uh, five-star review. Love it from jgram90. I've been listening to these guys since maybe episode 20. Not sure the number, but anyway, it's been quality the entire time. Good coverage, fantastic people, and entertaining. I miss when Thais was on and did the lore master stuff, but I understand what it's like to have a little milk drinker, so it's all good. Anyway, I highly recommend, and sorry it took so long for a five-star review. Uh, thank you so much, uh, jgram 90 Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, also up, uh, awesome podcast, five stars from Michael Scarn 99 I can honestly say this is one of the most well-rounded, dedicated gaming podcasts around. You hit the butter zone. I like that butter zone um, between canned gaming company shows that tow the party line and the team speak rantings that happen to be recorded and uploaded as podcasts. I, I like that a lot. That was that's really cool. <laughs> what I mean to say is that you have a great format and flow to the show while allowing the show to go off topic as needed to bring out other ideas and topics. The production as a whole is great as well, though it would be nice if the background music was consistent throughout the recording rather than having high volume moments when some of the hosts get ground, ground uh, drowned out. Besides that one minor issue, you guys are awesome. Keep up the great work. Who knows? I might even join Evan Hart Pact. Um, I will w- look at the music volumes. Uh, I pick random songs. What I really should do is sit down and find songs that ha- keep the same tempo the entire time. Um, it's really funny because the fact you mention this every week, I I sit down and I listen to the music. And as I'm putting it in going, wow, that's a really great song. Like the 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 volume level is really good. It makes it nice and easy. At, you know, the same decibel rating works the entire way through. I should really mark that down. I never do. Uh, so that's my fault. <laughs> then I'll add other songs that start off really, really low. And then all of a sudden have a huge crescendo. And it's like, oh, I'm going to have to mute that down. You know, it's just a pain. Um, so, yes, I will do better at that. So thank you so much. Uh, those are our two five-star reviews this week. Uh, we had one, two, three, four emails this week. So this is awesome. I'm going to start off with the first one, which I actually just got most recently, and it's actually our smallest one. Uh, This is from Kevin. I'm not going to say your last name, Kevin, just because it's the internet. So Kevin. Hello. In regards to Tales of Tamriel, I was wondering why Azelos has such an irrational hate towards the Albari Dominion. It's not irrational. Is it because you are sticking up for your team, or is there some deeper, something deeper in the lore? 
I've only recently started playing ESO, uh, Xbox One Gamer Tag, Sumo Spud. So there you go. If you need need friends. All of my friends were out of Mario Dominion. So naturally, I joined. Keep up the great work. Love the podcast. Kevin. Damn dirty elves. Because the Dominion sucks. There we uh, go. I mean, uh... <laughs> no, it's uh, a lot of it is lore reasons um, for the Aldmari Dominion. A couple of them being the Altmer, the High Elves are just pricks for no greater term. They just they are. They're just really big douches. Um, they kind of got that whole Master of the Universe kind of thing under. I just they just really make me just want to hit them. Um, the second thing is I kind of have some issues with Queen A. Ren being the queen of the Aldmari Dominion when she's only like 20. Like, and I know some other people have said that too. Like she's so young. It's like, why would they have picked her? Like it, it just doesn't make sense to have such an unseasoned person be the leader of the Aldmari Dominion. Uh, a lot of that hate comes from playing Skyrim as well because of the Thalmor and, and, and uh, their hate. Uh, I also play a Nord. I I attribute myself to be a Nord. If if I were any if if this race, you know, my actual you know actual background would be closer to Nordic culture than anything. Um, so yeah, I love the Nords, and the Nords just you know lore wise hate the elves. So they're all elves. I do love Khajiit though. Khajiit are awesome. I do love Khajiit. Bosmer are kind of cool, too, because, you know, they're cannibals. Uh, yeah, that's my reasons. Uh, Avi, I know you don't like them either. Uh, I really just don't like them because of Skyrim, honestly. I don't know. Skyrim just gave me such a hate when it comes to the high elves in general. You know, I, I have a hard time liking high elves who are just merchants. You know, it's like, I don't even want to sell to him. So, and I don't like the Bosmer at all. I'm not a big fan of the cannibal idea but just like you i love khajiit so mm, khajiit are awesome i feel bad for them yeah khajiit are awesome uh they got tricked they did get tricked poor guys yeah, it, yeah. it's all because of master and secunda i'm telling you actually yeah. i think this happened before that at least that's how they came into skyrim's one master and secunda disappeared and those wacky thalmore here's one of khajiit right now they See? came they came in they came to the dominion this time i believe because uh i ran a supposedly uh stop the disease that was spreading oh, the in Nahat elsewhere flu. oh yeah mm-hmm. like i really believe that happened just like when yeah, exactly. the fourth air master and sakuna <laughs> disappear and the elves were like oh we used dawn magic to bring it back oh whatever see i have a khajiit right here she's great she's crawling up on me right now um here you, go. you just sit up there yeah cat butt um yeah no i i think they're yeah that's pretty much all it is um Steldian, i know you really don't like them either but i think that's just game wise yeah, it's just cause such a bloody boring set of zones. God, <laughs> what a tedious bunch of people they are. It really yeah, put me true. off playing them. You, you Not can... that being any other faction helps, because you still have to go through it, but ugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Green Shade just sums it up for me. Just... Green? No, not Green Shade, sorry, the, uh, the one with the stupid tree. Grotwood, oh, yeah. I hear everyone complain about Grotwood. I've not seen it yet, because I've not actually done it. Um... Well, you're lucky because when you get there, they've patched it in so you can at least use your horse inside that great big tree. <laughs> no, I noticed that. I noticed that you can really that. annoying. <laughs> I was getting dismounted and you had to go in there so often. It's like, oh, crying out loud. <laughs> Next email from, uh, 
returning emailer, Severed Ned. Hey, Severed Ned. Uh, Greetings, Tales of Tamra. I was listening to your honest look at ESO with Elder Scrolls off the record and hearing the discussion on earning tokens from dungeons and unbalancing the crown store. I began to think about how Zoss could remedy these, these foibles. One thought. I had was to implement a system similar to what Neverwinter has done with daily quests, running dungeons, and participating in in-game events earns players a special currency called Astral Diamonds, which can be exchanged with other players for Zen, which is their cra- their version of crowns. Mm-hmm. Um, the Astral Diamond exchange can fluctuate anywhere between fi- 50 to 500 Astral Crowns, and as the Khajiit walked over my face, now it's all itchy because of the fur. Um, 50 to or 50 to 500 Astral Crowns per piece of Zen. The specific point is that um, is completely turned by the player base. I think Guild Wars 2 does something similar to that too. Like you can buy gems and then you can sell them for in-game gold and it fluctuates based on the demand. Like you can just sell them. It's like, well, we have X amount of people buying gems, X amount of people selling. So this is the the average rate. Um, although it is admitted that Neverwinter is a free-to-play, not buy-to-play MMO, Thus, it has many of the unusual trappings common to -to free-to-play cash shops, such as extra bag slots, locked box keys, um, and experience boosters, faster mounts, race reroll tokens, etc. Astral Diamonds, on the other hand, are far from useless, being used similar to Telvar stones and needed to purchase things such as keys for special dungeon chests, transmuting items, completing certain profession tasks, and for upgrading top-tier gear. In my opinion, having exchange means that services in the cash shop don't feel like pay to win because someone can earn things from the cash shop without significant effort simply by playing regularly and selling things on the auction house and having an exchange rate controlled by players keeps it mostly fair. Just wondering what your thoughts are on ESO implementing a similar system. Uh, The ability to earn things in-game to purchase crowns from other players. That's the system. Thoughts? Wait, wait. Say that one more time. <laughs> no. Yeah, hey, I was gonna say hey, <laughs> the idea of something similar to Neverwinter or Guild Wars Two, where people could buy crowns and then could put them up on an auction house that people could buy for in-game currencies. What are your guys' thoughts? <laughs> Go ahead, Estelle. <laughs> uh, no, <laughs> I, I I've played Neverwinter Nights and I've also played briefly Guild Wars Two as well. Um, I'm not a fan of having their cash shop currency being able to be traded in game. That's one of the redeeming features of ESO, I felt, was the fact that they are very separate. Um, I understand the theory that if the items are tradable, then you could uh, you could try and argue that the shop isn't paid to win anymore because you can earn everything in game by sort of buying people's crowns. Uh, the problem is it works the other way. People with money buy crowns, sell it for ridiculous of gold and then they buy everything in game as well and so they sort of dominate every market you can imagine in game out game they can have everything they want on demand um i i hate cash shops as it is i understand that games like to have them these days but the more so you can keep that cash shop from the game the better so i would not like to see currencies being tradable that's why i even don't like the idea of gifting people from the crown store i know a lot of people like the idea of it and i can see why people like the idea of the gifting thing but it can still go down the same road as if you can gift you can start manipulating markets by buying things from the crown stores and then still sell on the market by gifting as it were hmm. so yeah but i uh, i'm of the notion where gifting is something like i don't like i i do agree with that i think that should not be allowed like someone goes hey i'll buy this for you if you do go i think that should be 
be treated the same as gold sellers and the person should be banned. Yeah, if it's policed, it's fine. I just think it'd be very difficult to police. Um, uh, I don't think it would be. Put it in the player's hand. Put a report function. Just be like, hey, they're selling gold. And they can look through the chat log and see that Avi was going wanting to sell, you know, mine shriven horse, two million gold. You know, like you can you can track these things. Every single thing you do in MMOs is tracked. Like, like you want to talk about Big Brother? They know every keystroke you do, and they can look yeah. it up. My concern there is, it's the way of saying, oh, they can police it, they know, but will they really do anything about it? Will they spend the time, the effort to look through the stuff that's sent and then get rid of people? Do they really, do they really want to? Someone's gone and spent a load of money on the crowns, and that someone's bought something from the crowns that someone or other player wouldn't buy crowns, and so they've gone and bought something they, they can trade it for gold. So ESO have made money out of this transaction, so they yeah. can also go, oh, we'll ban, but it benefits ESO. I don't see them going, oh, well, we better mm-hmm. ban those guys after all. I mean, there's enough reports of people doing dodgy things here there and everywhere and how long does it take to actually either ban them or warn them or fix the issue all i you just gotta, don't see them being that incentivized to do anything about it all you gotta do is make a public example of a couple of people whereas the person who sold it gets banned and the person who bought it gets it removed from their account without returning of any of the items a few people hop on reddit or the forums say that happened to them people will start to know, oh, this is not allowed. I shouldn't do that. And they'll treat it the same way as gold, buying gold. I mean, people buy gold anyway in other games. It does happen. Um, but there's still that, should I do it? Should I not kind of deal? Like, if I get caught, will I lose my account? Is it worth it? Do I care? You know, like, it will happen one way or the other. It's the same as I think I saw a Reddit post the other day, uh, which I know I reported. Uh, someone was trying to sell their account going, I'm quitting ESO. I have X amount of VR for 15s or 16s or whatever. Make me an offer. I'm like, you can't sell accounts like that's against the terms of service. Not only that, it's ter- against the Reddit terms of service or whatever. You know, you shouldn't be selling that stuff. But it, it, people will get caught. Doing it. People do it. They'll try to do it. But the, the populace has to police itself. It's, it's, it's the same as in real life. It's like, yeah, we have speed limits, right? Do people follow them all the time? Well, no, but we still have rules in place. Do we catch everyone? No, but we do catch a couple people. And there is still that fear of, is it worth me doing? You know, I, I just don't see Zoss being interested in wanting to police it. And frankly, I don't see why I don't see them willingly adding a system, which then they need to have to start spending extra time and customer service, which they've already abolished, um, trying to keep an eye on or all picking in reports and stuff. It just it seems like a lot of extra work that's going to come their way for adding in gifting, for example. Mm. And their reward for doing their extra work is essentially losing out on money ultimately because, as I say, it works for them if you want to buy things from the crown store. So the only reason I think it's sort of don't allow it at the moment is because the players don't want it to happen. So they just kept it out short and sweet. But if they add it in, I don't see them then saying, ah, but you can't go trading it for money or anything. If they put it as gifted, they'll be like, you know what, do what you want with it. It's in, we make money one way or another, so we don't really care. So they've just kept it out of the game for now. It's just a much simpler way of doing it because it keeps people kind of happy. But yeah, I don't see them caring to please it. it it's not in their benefit. It's going to cost them more money and they're going to lose out on money. So yeah, why bother? Yeah. Next email. Well, what about Avi? Oh, Avi. Yeah. Avi, what about that? You? I thought I was. Oh, oh sorry. No, I. Yeah, no, well, me, I'm simple. I think you guys covered it pretty well. I don't like the idea of it. Uh, keep the crown store as far away from my game as possible. Please. I still like the idea of, of gifting because it would, in certain situations like ours, 
it would it make works for a podcast yeah <laughs> yeah because you know we that's not really a worthwhile uh all right I, I don't care Zoss, just do it for me and do it for like a varwin and we're done that's it we're done like i don't i don't like how he says his like they're uh they're uh what's it called astral diamonds are kind of like our telvar stones like i'd hate the idea that you could turn in telvar stones for crowns or that you can buy something on the crown store and you can go off and sell it for gold or anything on that line anything like that i dislike hmm. i i don't know i'm i'm kind of okay i kind of actually like the idea with guild wars 2 how they do it yeah like you can buy it with gems and sell it for gold but that also means that the people who have the money are you can't control it because it's not controlled by the player. The player can't go, I'm selling my thousand crowns for a million gold. They throw it up on an auction house, which it takes in the account of the amount that are on the market and the amount of people that are buying it and adjust as a price going, OK, we have X amount of people buying X amount of people selling that equals out to an average price of 150 gold a crown. And you can't control it, but you can you can control when you want to throw. It's kind of like the stock market. You can control when you want to buy or sell, right? Like based on the prices, they go up and down. If you have a bunch of crowns and go, well, right now they're only worth 150 gold a piece. I'm not throwing them up there because that's not really worth my time. I'll wait till they're, you know, the 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 amount of crowns is lower on the market and that, therefore they're worth more. And then I'll throw them up and then people will just buy them. And they're just thrown into it. And it's not even like people can buy from a specific person. They're just kind of thrown up and they're in the aether and they're they're sold as a first come first serve kind of deal. You know what I mean? So the only way people can really manipulate the boards is on a very mass scale. It's not like one person can sit there and buy up all the all the crowns for like 100 gold and put them back up for a thousand. That's not how it works. It's all done through like. A different interface i like that for the fact that then people who have a lot of time to play the game and maybe not a lot of excess money could then go i have nothing to buy with gold i'll just buy a couple crowns and instead of throwing down 10 bucks and the people with a lot of money like people are saying can buy extra crowns and go i'll just throw them in here and get me some in-game money it's the legal version of gold buying and there are some other concerns with that. I know Guild Wars 2 economy after three years has gotten a little crazy. Um, for returning players, like for me, I, I go back and play it every once in a while and I look at the prices going, oh my goodness, the prices are really high on a lot of stuff. But that happens in every MMO over time. Um, I don't think it's went super crazy, but the addition of being able to sell the crown store or the cash shop currency does affect the, the global market. Because now gold has a different value. Gold doesn't just have a value for items that are easy to get anymore. It has an actual tangible cash value. Um, I don't know. I actually kind of like it. I don't, I'm not too opposed to it one way or the other. I mean, if you have to have a cash shop, I do like the idea of then, at least for the people who want to keep everything in game and not want to play their credit card statement, could technically then do it. Because then the people who don't really care and will throw the money will throw the money and then I can buy it with gold. Does that make any sense? Like, I know if you if you don't like it, it's not the idea, but that's. that's yeah, no, I no, it, it, you, you make it makes sense. I'm just I'm not a big fan of the whole idea. My, of it. my issue is anything that starts involving this sort of all oh, good. You can spend your crowns. I can spend gold in it. It's it's cool and thing, But I just think the minute you've got that, it's like he says in the email. It technically means that things in the cash shop aren't paid to win. 
and that's the mentality that suddenly gets taken. It's like, well, it's, everyone can trade in these cash things anyway. It's no harm in us selling these best in slot items because technically it's not pay to win because you can use gold to get them via the in game. It just it just muddies the water a lot, I, mm. and that worries me. The minute you start being able to buy and sell the the cash up things, it's technically like for instance the experience potions everyone was really against that until they added the way you can craft it in the game and that made big that that pieced people out but ultimately you're still saying you can pay money to get an advantage but people don't mind that because you can get it in game well if you're telling me i can technically use gold to get the currency to buy something out of game in game then it's the same argument and therefore why can't you put in items a master weapon on the crown store because you can buy it in game by using gold to buy crowns from someone it, it, it just becomes a very dangerous place to be playing around. Hmm. That's my view anyway. Yeah, I mean, I, I do agree. While I like the idea, it is a... I don't know. It's, it's a slippery slope. It is. Just, but that yeah. depends on the on the... Let's just put it this way. Let's put it... It's the ethical morals of the company. Are they willing to maintain their IP for the sake of their IP... Are they only in it for the money? And I know it's a business. Don't get me wrong there. But some companies um, are more are more concerned about the the well being of their intellectual property, especially a series. I know uh, Square Enix is very protective of their Final Fantasy property, and I know they've went along the ways of with their Final Fantasy fourteen mentioning about not doing anything that would be so detrimental that would leave a bad taste in people's mouths. Because while a it might be worth more money, it it brings the series down in people's eyes. Because you know what's going to happen. What what comes to people's minds first and foremost? The negative, right? Never the positive. Always the negative. So doing something negative to the community will come up, even if it's a decade ago, it'll be like, remember that time when ESO did this? Not not even if they changed their ways and, you know, more Elder Scrolls games came out and it, it would just be a matter of remember when ESO did this? Are they going to do it again? I mean, I look at it that way anytime EA releases a game at all. <laughs> How are they going to microtransaction the heck out of this? <laughs> And well, it's proven true so far, but you know, they get that reputation and that sullies everything they do from there on out. And you don't want to do that. You want to keep your potential players happy and, and, and playing your game and interested in future upgrades. If you're an MMO or new games in general, like if Zoss and I know, I know, a lot of people came from a single player point of view, so it may not affect them, but it's still true. Once if Zoss literally destroyed the elder Scrolls game, would it bode well for elder Scrolls six? I mean, probably not. And I mean, a lot of people do play the single players exclusively. So or whatever, and they don't, they don't even, some people don't even think ESO is part of, of the trilogy. They think of it as a, a side off, like a red guard or something like that. Um, but it's true. Like if you damage, the reputation of the Elder Scrolls that will follow you and that will follow for any other game they release. So they have to be very careful about that because this is their prop. This is their intellectual property. This is their thing that we all love that we're doing a podcast about. But if you drag its name through the mud, when the next iteration comes out, are we going to be so apt to jump on it? Or are we going to be like, what are they going to do to screw this one up? And I know that Zoss doesn't control the single player games as Bethesda, but they're all under the same Zenimax company. The guys issuing the orders are still doing it to the other companies as well. And you think if they screwed up ESO, how are they going to screw up 
Elder Scrolls Six. So you got to be very careful when dealing with an intellectual property that people really love, especially if you're planning on it being a continuing series. All right, next email. Hello, I'm a new player to ESO. Well, I've been playing for two months after finding uh, a great offer on the game and working out um, as buy to play. I've been listening to your listening to your show since I picked up ESO and I find it a very enjoyable show. I would like to touch on the last podcast and the previous one where you guys seem very disheartened with the game. Oh, no. Okay. My cat just hit a key and I don't know what's going on. <laughs> there we go. Get out of here, cat. Sorry about this email. My, my Khajiit's doing something and it's making issues. All right. Um, I want to touch base. Previous podcast, disheartened. Uh, and I thought I would give you a new perspective from a new player. I'm sure I'm not the only new player here, and from hearing all the doom of the game, I would uh, like to bring some positives to the table. Cool. Coming from a longtime sub from SWOTOR, I'm sorry, I found ESO on offer and started playing as buy to play. <clears throat> I started a few characters until I could find one that matched what I wanted to do, a Khajiit on AD as a melee dual wheel DPS. I found this game beautiful. I love the art style that they went with, and the quests are awesome with beautiful zone and landscape. You can stop in many places and just look around and enjoy the quality artwork that's been put into the game. When I heard a dolmen pop the first few times, I had no idea what was going on, and I could <laughs> hear the noise and looking around in the direction of the noise uh, in the distance, and you could see the big chains coming from the sky. Took a few of these to incur uh, took a few of these to encourage a brave investigation of what they are. Now when I hear them, I go running for them. That's exciting. Uh, now back on track. The game is confusing to start uh, with now that I'm a veteran MMO player and still was lost with all the skills, traits, uh, and the evolves for the skills, what to do and how to do it. Uh, <clears throat> I found some experienced players uh, that went from ESO to SWOTOR, funny, funny it being the opposite way from me, and they got some advice that helped. Add-ons make a massive difference to the game. I feel sorry for console players who don't have this. Sky shards, lore books, loot add-ons, inventory, map nodes, uh, looted, the list goes on. Uh, this is a massive feature of the game, and I love them. Do you uh, do a review uh, on the podcast of good ones, or could you? We actually have done that in the past. Um, and when we do find a good add-on, we do like to review it. We actually were doing that for a while. Um, but unfortunately there's only a handful of, of ones out there and I got to kick this Khajiit off my lap. She won't leave. Um, some of our previous episodes, if you go through them, I think we even put a note on it when we do the, uh, add ons and what they were. So if you want to go back to some older episodes, we do go through a couple of them. Um, let's see here. Uh, there is still the recommended add-ons on the GCN site, I believe. Yes, there is. Yes. Exists. That, that I still use, I think, basically all those add-ons, so they're still working. And there's a list of, what, 25 to 30 there, all with an explanation of what they do. So that sheet is still relevant. It's not obsolete. And it's got extra ones written down, because I think Rax added some stuff in the comment as well. So I say that's, I still use that when people ask on Reddit. I send them a link to that, saying, you know what, you might want to check this, because... It lists a lot, mm-hmm. all the ones I use, and I'd say Rax has his ones there, so there's a lot to choose from, and gives you an idea if you want to use them or not. I'd say that's probably the best place to start, and then from there, just check them out yourself. There you go. 
Um, I'm actually going to skip through a couple of this. Uh, it's a really good email. Uh, he goes through telling about a lot of stuff that really is really cool in the game, and we do agree. Um, and gets down. Um, so far, it has. I have to say, it's the best buy-to-play option of any MMO I've seen, and very enjoyable. If any people looking to buy and play, listening to the podcast, I would just pick it up and have a go. It's well worth it. Now, I have subbed as I... I wanted to build up some crowns if I needed to get any DLC in the future and I'm enjoying it. So I might as well support it and get a few extra XP and gold in the process. Um, I'm not going to mention any glass armor. Oops, I did. Well, (laughs) I will mention bag slots and loot. uh, What is going on? Um, My bags fill up in a short time and the trip to town can take an hour banking, alt banking, crafting. I really hope they add the crafting map bank very soon or get more loot to buy more bags. Anyway, thanks for the great podcast. There are and will be more of me coming in um, into the game. I see new players all the time. What do you think about doing a catch up segment for new players to help them bring uh, bring them into knowledge of how to do things and how things work? Oh, I also forgot to mention I've never played an Elder Scrolls game before. Lots of periods. Brett from Ireland, also known in game as Nagruf on the eu pc um brent thank you so much for the email Uh, i apologize for not reading all of it um i did read all of it and it's in our notes our host read all of it but uh for air of the fact that it's almost two hours um i I had to cut some of it out um there was some negativity the past few weeks just due to a lot of things that were happening within the elder scrolls community as a whole um Though I know that I myself and a few others got um, found some things out that I think that are really good. I can't mention any of it, but let, let's just say that a lot of it was I, I really feel like in the future, a lot of the negativity will disappear as I feel like they might have a good hand on some things and um i'm really looking forward and the game is gorgeous for what it is like we wouldn't be doing this podcast for almost two years now if we did not love this game i still log into this game and i just walk around going wow it's absolutely gorgeous i can't do this in any other game like i I walk around the same zones all the time and i just love it because of what it is it is an absolutely amazing gorgeous game gameplay is fun i love the character creation the ability to pretty much do whatever you want is something that I look forward in almost every MMO going forward. It's kind of like, what? I'm locked into a single class. I can only use so many weapons. I'm out. No, I like to be able to do everything. And then this game allows me to do that. And I, I love it. Like I was saying in our tales section earlier, just being able to switch from my very stamina heavy, uh, class to a a battle mage essentially you know the melee caster oh i've been having a blast with it like i really have it's been so much fun um so we all really adore this game and that's why we're here doing this podcast um anyone else anything else they want to say on that before we move on the negativity is over arsenium is coming (laughs) yeah i think it was was just a bit of bad luck wasn't it it's happened to be a small flurry of bad things happening at once it's not like so oh, the game's over it's crap no more playing it's just a few bad things seem to happen you know we had a, a drought of content and then there's an issue with the crown store and you know so it just it just happened to be that on a flurry of episodes it was bad thing after bad thing whilst waiting for something good to come mm-hmm. but yeah it's that's what happens it'll probably happen again in a year's time or something all games have this sort of situation where 
things go a bit yeah but that's the point of a podcast isn't it you you talk about the good you talk about the bad yeah yep. as the previous uh, one of the five star reviews is we're we're not a canned podcast we don't we're not paid by the company we're not we're we're not here just to spout all glory and, and and trumpets for the game if we feel there's a problem do we feel like it's the best mmo out there right now absolutely at least i, I do like i i really do i think it's the best one out there hands down it, it's just got a world that i love it's fun um i i do feel like there are some things missing um particularly for certain groups of people such as the raiders which i really hope that they that they look at and address um but other games go through that even world of warcraft which is the epitome of raiding games for the most part you know uh is in raiding droughts they they go through them from time to time and we're in one now um i'm hoping that they they change that but there's so much more to do in the game that is just it's just a blast to do All right, before we uh, sign off, I do got to say that this uh, episode has been brought to you by our awesome fans over at Patreon.com, Patreon.com slash Dungeon Crawler Network. If you wish to support us, you can do so over there. There's a link on our website for just flat donations if if you wish to help us out. Um, None of it is is required, but we do appreciate it. So thank you so much. yeah, you can also support us by checking out our YouTube page, youtube.com slash Dungeon Crawl Network. Definitely check out this episode because I do have this new video format for the show and I'm, I'm hoping it it looks nice and good and I'll be able to stream it live once uh, once I have good internet. Uh, leaving us five-star reviews on iTunes, that helps us out so much. Um, and just follow the website. Check out the guides, point them out to people that we have on the site. Uh, visit the site, check out all of the things we do there we have multiple podcasts over at dungeon crawler if you're not just a fan of elder scrolls we have uh chocobo nights for the final fantasy crowd uh led by our very own setsua um we have the midnight hour which is an adult mature audience oriented general gaming podcast as well as the dungeon crawler network podcast which is a monthly podcast that talks about what all we've done on the network uh, as well as goes into a little bit of current game news and, and things of that nature. So you can check that out as well. Um, we have a new comic strip, the Dungeon Crawlers. Check it out. Those are always fun. All right, guys. Final thoughts. Uh, Avi, why don't you go first? Uh, it was a great episode. I'm happy to be back after two weeks and overly excited for Orsinium. I can't wait for it. All right. Excellent. Um, and where can people find you? We haven't done that in a while. Oh, yeah. You can find me at tw- on Twitter, in-game, everywhere, at AviOptimal. That's A-V-I-O-P-T-I-M-A-L. There you go. And uh, Steldian. But yeah, it's a fairly positive episode. So for those who are tired of the ranting, that's probably good for them. Uh, I would say my only real issue was obviously the, the DSA was my only disappointment. Uh, but other than that, or cinema, I think it's going to be a great thing for the soloists. I mean, me personally, I don't have much interest in this dlc but that's kind of the way it goes isn't it people didn't want the people didn't care about the ic one because it was pvp focused it didn't make it a bad dlc it's just it's not for everyone this one's very much a soloing one so not really for me but it's still it's got some great content going in so happy days <laughs> nice and where can people find you uh at Asteldian in game on the eu server or well you can contact dcn I, I'm, I'm there um or even on Twitter, I'm probably the most boring person in the world to follow. 
Uh, I probably have an average of one tweet every three months, if you're lucky. <laughs> uh, but at Astellian is there as well. Um, yeah, so there's probably the place to find me. But as I say, probably sending an email to DCN is probably your best way. Nice. All right. Uh, as for myself, you can find me in-game at Agelos, A-G-G-E-L-O-S, on Twitter at A-G-G-E-L-O-S underscore W-O-F. You can contact the show at contact at DungeonCrawlerNetwork.com or by using the contact us on the website. Either one of those works. Um, fun episode. I really had a ton of fun with this. I'm really excited for Cinium because I'm really looking forward to get more into the Skyrim-y zones because that's what I love. Um, Mouser Marina looks fun. Uh, really excited for the future of the game, where it's going, and what's all going to go into it. So definitely check us out. Come back for more Elder Scrolls talk next week right here on the YouTube channel on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, all those fun places. Everyone have a great evening, and we'll see you next time. A serpent lights the ancient sky and red of tainted stars. Evil stirs and in its wake the souls of mortals sway and so
Strong.